Hey guys, thanks for checking out the podcast. Today I had the opportunity to sit down with Alaska Red and DJ Sharp. If you are not familiar with Alaska Red or DJ Sharp, let me first recommend that you go on to Facebook or Instagram or to Twitter or really across any kind of digital pro- uh, platform and look up Alaska Red 2Ds. Also, be sure to look up Permafrost Promotions to see what concerts he's bringing to the frozen Great North. All right, Permafrost Promotion have been putting on some of the, the biggest hip-hop concerts and rock concerts in Alaska for the last 10 years. They've brought up some of your favorite artists, some of my favorite artists to include Red Man and Method Man. He's also brought up Twista. He's brought up Tech 9 My brain is is going going numb. It's like one uh, twenty six in the morning and I had a full day. So without further ado... Quick shout-outs to the sponsors. Uh, Iron Asylum, thank you so much for all of your, uh, your your friendly support and your high fives at the door. If you are interested in Iron Asylum, be sure to check out Iron Asylum AK on Instagram. You can also check them out on Facebook. And if you are interested in looking for a really cool place to train, that is a very, very cool place to train with some very, very cool people. They also have the coolest list of rules you will ever see in a gym. Okay. Also, special shout-out to Red Run Cannabis Company and the AK Canna Dudes. They they dabbed us out. They shared some lemonade. If you have not tried the lemonade, and you probably have not, coming in and, uh, you know what? I've, I've said too much. I've said too much. Holy cow. That being said, thank you, Red Run. Thank you, AK Candidates, for providing a space and providing the uh, the first dabs that DJ Sharp has ever had. Welcoming him to the club. All right, extra, extra special shout-out to uh, to the homegirl, Rodina, in Fairbanks for making this happen. Rodina is an old friend of mine from high school. Thank you, Rodina, for making this happen. You're a dime plus nine. All right, Trap Lord Circuit, take it away. I'm sitting down with Alaska Red. Alaska Red, how are you doing this afternoon, evening, day? Doing wonderful, wonderful. How are you doing today? Not bad. How was the the travel down from uh, Fairbanks? It was good. Got uh, to Palmer Thursday night, stayed in Palmer. Friday traveled down to Salmon Fest in the Nilchik. Rocked out with our buddies uh, DJ Fractal Theory and DJ Construct. It was, a, it was a blast, man. Good, huge crowd, put a lot of energy, really fun. So how was the Salmon Fest experience for a hip-hop artist? I thought it was um, it was, it was definitely unique because going into it knowing that I'd never, I'd never been to it for one, and then just <coughs> catch, kind of catching the vibe of the place, you can tell it's a small community type of fair ordeal, and so... <coughs> I wasn't sure how much how much of that element they'd been ex- exposed to, so I kind of walked around. I was checking out different bands and stuff, and I'm like, "Oh, okay, this is this is one of the more bluegrassier type of festivals and whatnot." But I know that my DJ buddies kind of do like the EDM thing at night, so I figured with EDM and the hip hop crossover, it would probably it probably work. But it was still a little it was still a little nerve wracking for me at first, and came to came to head and it was it was good turnout was good everybody loved it so it was fun so do you see there there's a potential in the future for uh, salmon fest to include more hip-hop artists i hope so i would love to go back uh, like i i honestly put in i think it's like a little contract you have to fill out as an artist to be accepted to play there I, i've done it twice and then 
never uh, never really got a response back. So I'm hoping now that I've actually been there, they've kind of seen a little bit of my content, my material. But possibly I might get to go back one day. If not even with my buddies, you know. So one of the headline events, uh, the <coughs> one headline artist for Salmon Fest is Michael Franti and the Spearhead. Yeah. Now, what other hip hop artists do you think would be <coughs> impactful to that crowd? Do you think would work in that? Oh, that crowd, man. They could. They honestly could reach in a whole lot of directions. I think um, some more mainstream and big that they could look at because I see that they're kind of building with like artists like such as Jewel that they used last year, and now they did. Uh, Brandy Carlisle last night another new spearhead and Michael Fronte tonight so with Bill I can tell that they're like because it's working It's I can see it. it it's awesome just the vibe the energy and everything is working but I think a, a mainstream artist that they could actually get and would, would work would be like Macklemore you know I think he would do really well out that crowd uh, more not so mainstream <clears throat> underground guys that I think he, they could tap into would be like the Ryan Sayers click uh, some older guys like you know De La Soul they came back out and they're doing some stuff Tribe Called Quest is back out kind of doing some stuff with Al Five Dog and whatnot. but those are those are people that I could see them uh, potentially obtaining on a budget that would work for them and actually I think the audience would really respond well to them okay. now when you say that are you speaking from the perspective of a promoter or from the perspective of an artist because all because some people may may be familiar with you as an artist, but some people may be familiar with you with from promotions. promotions. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I kind of look at it from both avenues. I mean, me as a promoter, the reason I got into it is for the love of the music <coughs> that I make and I listen to mainly, which is hip-hop. So, I've always been fascinated with the art and the culture, and I had to start bringing it to my state because there was a lack of it. Well, when I get asked questions like you just asked me before. I look at it from both angles, like you said, a promoter, because I've brought shows to Alaska and I kind of see what works. I'm in Fairbanks, which is, you know, a little more north, but the demographic of Alaska and kind of the general, you know, the general feel of Alaska is pretty much the same pretty much wherever you go, unless you're like in a far off village somewhere that's very unpopulated, which isn't the case in Fairbanks. It's pretty, it's pretty multicultural and stuff. So I <coughs> can kind of get a good feel of what works so to speak, in Alaska. And I think guys like that would work in Alaska. You know what I mean? I think it would work at Salmon Fest. Uh, from the fan standpoint, also, it's just like, I love that kind of music. I love those artists that I that I all spoke on. I mean, Macklemore came here when he was just starting to, uh, you know, really get notoriety and really raise, <laughs> rise and he, I don't think he'd really like won any awards for his new album yet, like the thrift shop thing or whatever, but he came up. Uh, <coughs> I wasn't really even very familiar with the guy, and he played a show at Springfest at the University of Alaska, UAF, 4,000 plus people. I was just like, holy shit. Okay, these motherfuckers know something I don't know. <laughs> and then I watched him, and I was like, wow, this, okay, this dude puts on a really good show. And it was just him, Ryan Lewis, and uh, the uh, the trumpet player dude. That yeah, had. dude, it was which was which is ill. So sick, dude! It was so sick. And, and I saw like if going back, I'm sorry, I, I don't mean to like revert to to Macmore, but I, when I was deployed to Kuwait, uh-huh. uh, I saw a video of him playing in Splash, and it was 2012. I was, I was deployed. He was playing Splash in Germany. Wow. 
and he was on stage, and it, yeah, it was just, and I think it was like right before, I think it was shot. It probably should, it was, he was probably there before um, uh, thrift shop really, really blew up. Started, yeah, yeah, before it really kind of started to bubble. Yeah. But he's in like he's in front of this crowd, and it's yeah, it's just him, Ryan Lewis, and the trumpet player, and it's you know, and you know, with his uh, with the friggin' um, shoot. The Ziggy Stardust jacket. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, and it was just like, and it's like, all right, I, I get it, I, I, I understand it. Oh, well, just, maybe what's well, cool. funny about that? He said the Ziggy Stardust jacket. He came into Fairbanks, and he wore a fucking University of Alaska Fairbanks jersey, and I had the same thing to wear that night. I was like, what's mother? <laughs> he wearing my outfit that I went on before him. So like, I was just like, it was kind of funny, but it, you know, yeah. I was like, man, he wore the same thing I wore. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I didn't see him before the show, so I had no idea. But it was kind of—it was kind of a funny coincidence. Um, okay, so so going back to um, to, to promotion and going back to uh, to performing. If we go back to performing, actually, um, when you are when you're writing your records, um, are you thinking how is this going to be listened to? Is it going to be listened to in a car? Is this going to be listened to in headphones? Uh, am I going to be performing this? How would I perform this? Um, you know uh, what, what's going through your head when, when you're actually in the process of recording the album, not necessarily recording or writing lyrics. Um, I would say all those things just kind of it just kind of depends on what it is you're working on writing. And me myself, my process is pretty much uh, it's it's usually the same. I don't do a lot of just writing without beats. I'm always like a I hear a beat and I'm like whoa because it'll kick like a free. I'm a freestyle by nature, so like. When I hear a beat, I'm like, all of a sudden I'm rapping in my head and I don't even know it. And I'm like, oh, well, that's a dope. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I could really write something to that. So that's where my process starts. You know what I mean? I got to hear a beat and then I start writing to it and so forth. But I don't know, man. <laughs> all right. Uh, do you still listen for, uh, for, for new artists? And uh, what is the last new artist that, that really caught your attention? Uh, I d- <laughs> it's strange because there's, you know, there's all a the game's always evolving and changing and it's like I don't keep up with it as much as I used to you know when I was a teen and early 20s and stuff man I was all over it I wanted to know everything that was coming out I had to hear you know I had this massive tape collection when I was a kid every week whenever something new was coming out I had it the world is different though. you know what I'm saying you don't go to the record store to buy a record no more everything's digital everything and there's shit coming out every day from a million motherfuckers so it's like I've kind of got I wouldn't say lost in translation. I just kind of like more pick and choose what my avenue is. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. But I do end up coming across a lot of new and dope artists through like friends and stuff like that. I mean, every once in a while, I'll just click on something. Oh, you hear about this? Yeah. Eh, eh, I, mean, I don't know. I don't really like it. It's cool, but it's not my thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. <coughs> or, <coughs> damn, that's pretty dope. I like that guy. So... And I hear a lot of it from you know, even my kids. My kids are teenagers, so when they come home, oh, you heard a, a boogie with the hoodie? And I'm like, huh? Nah. Hey, you know, I'll check that kind of stuff out. Yeah. I'm like, oh, shit. You know, that's pretty cool stuff, man. But again, going back to being the promoter, I'm like, I always got to keep my ears open and try to know what's relevant because, you know, you do have a narrow crowd that you're, you're marketing to up here in Alaska, but still... You gotta uh, gotta kind of stay on the curve and know what's 
what's new, what people people are knowing about, first of all, and what's kind of relevant, <coughs> and then what people would like to hear, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Put fillers out, ask them all the time, but yeah, the new artists, man, I come across them from the kids. I try, like I said, I'll come across them from other friends, stuff, yo, you heard this new track? <coughs> Maybe at the club when we're doing a show or something, I'll hear a DJ spin song. Oh, that's pretty dope, you know what I'm saying? But like, as far as, I don't know, going out and just, I don't know, it's different for me now, man, because the whole buying music was like something like religious to me, you know what I'm saying? When Absolutely. I was, like when I was a kid, that was like my religion, man. I had a little bit of money. I was at Sam Goody or Musicland every fucking Tuesday. Oh, yeah, that, that, that $20 that allowance. Yeah, I was going buying to that buy that new album, yeah. Believe that, believe that. Like, <laughs> and so the transition, like I said, from going from that to digital, now it's, now it's different because I, I can't, you can't, you can get on the computer screen and scroll through stuff, but I still, I can't pick this tape up or the CD up and like hold it in my hand and look at the artwork and, okay, what are these motherfuckers talking about? You know, flip it over and read the track list and stuff like that. It's yeah. just, I don't know, you open it up and then you get the cover and you get to pull out and see, yeah, it's just, it's just different to me now, so it's a different experience. Well, for me, that kind of takes away part of like being a fan because then you, you get to see, okay, this is who produced this. I don't have to be here for so and so on the track, right. but it's like, but if I, I know, a, like, I know a premiere track or I know a Pete Rock track or you know, or an Evil D track, um, but it's because I was reading the backs of those CDs, it's because I was reading the back of of uh, um, of Illmatic, or it was. Uh, uh, reading the back of power, oh, for sure. you know, uh, and, and the holding it and then seeing, you know, like even seeing who they were thanking, like it gave me oh, a better yeah, idea because then you see who was influencing. Oh, them. I used to, I used to read like what studios they were recorded at. I would read the samples that they were taking and who the, the owners of the same. I was like, I was into all that shit, like yeah. hip hop nerd shit, you know, I was like, oh, who, who did that sample? <laughs> you know? Rap like, nerd. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's the shit, man. Yeah. Um, so how did you come into hip hop as an artist? Uh, probably breaking, breakdancing in, in the eighties. was on my old way back when the you know I don't know hip hop was you know first starting and you know the art was like more about graffiti and breakdancing like when Beat Street and breaking and all that shit yeah. came out like that was what turned me on to it like I I watched the movies and I was like oh shit I want to start dancing like that. So me and my older brother started like had a little like hip hop b boy thing going on. And we were down in the states at the time, <coughs> where it was like it was like taking off. Even on, even on the west coast, where we were at up in the Washington, it was like people were watching the movies, they're into it. You know what I'm saying? It was coming like mainstream almost. So it was still super underground, but it was with those movies, it brought it to a whole new light. You know what I mean? Yeah. So everybody was trying to do it, and we we just took it and kind of ran with it, and then. We started like beatboxing and stuff was like the first thing I was doing with like rap. You know what I mean? I was like making beats and shit. And then we met this guy when we moved up here that was from New York that worked with my mom and my stepdad. And he was like, he was like a, he was an MC. He was from New York. So he was like, man, y'all little motherfuckers should be writing raps. I'm like, what? Show me how to write a rap. And he was like, he was just kind of showing us the formula of like, how to do it, sort of, you know what I mean? He's like, you're already breakdancing and beatbox, your ass should be rapping too. So, me and my brother back there started writing these fucking, like, funny little rhymes, man, when we were, like, sixth grade. Like, just coming up with these little 
That's the price we pay. Hey, fuck them little hoes. Stupid ass rhymes, man. Come rap in front of nobody so you get your ass whooped. But we got these funny ass little rhymes, man. And then uh, I basically like, I don't know, man. It just, it just was me and the culture. Everything it was just me, man. Like I, I just lived and breathed it from a fucking young age and. I don't know, I just all of a sudden started getting good at wordplay and like, I, I never wrote raps until I was, fuck, probably 17, 18 years old, but I'd been rapping since I was nine, ten. So, which could also, um, Supernatural. Mm-hmm. Supernat, fuck Supernat, yeah. freestyle guy. Oh, I do that shit. I, I, I do that shit that he does sometimes at shows. I'm like, alright, y'all want to see some real ass hip hop? Pull something out your fucking pocket and I'm going to put it, I'm going to... You pull it up here and I'm going to talk about it, right? I do that shit. Yes. He's, he's the god, son. Man. I'm like, and I've been doing that since I was a, a kid at yeah. house parties. Like, my homeboys would be like, hey, what are you watch Red, watch Red. All right, man, go, sir, Red. You start picking stuff up. And For those of you at home listening, Alaska Red is picking up objects. Oh, yeah. I and air wrapping. I should have just, just busted a freestyle for y'all. <laughs> Over here, bad boy, still cutting classes. I just picked up one of those lemonade glasses. They was like, destroy it. I said, it's classic. Red does this shit. We don't smoke plastic. It's gassing. Yep, straight from the red what? I don't know where I'm at, but I'm hella stupid stuck. Still smoking on that la la. Fuck it. Got DJ Shape in the car. Wait, DJ Sharp. I said it backwards. He's all fucked up. We just acting like we don't know how to act. And later on here, we'll be in Georgia's nightclub. Drinking some beer. That's right. <laughs> DJ Sharp, how are you doing over there, buddy? Doing good, man. How you doing? Fantastic. So you had your first dad today. Congratulations. Yes, yeah, sir. Well, you know. <laughs> first you, time every day. You feel the chest uh, hair growing as we speak? Oh, yeah. It's good. <laughs> All right. It's, it's up there. All right, good. Congratulations. Welcome to the party. <laughs> so who were some of the... When you decided to start writing, you started talking about bird play when you were 16, 17, 18. Right. Who were some of those people that influenced you? Oh, man, definitely, um, you know, all the greats in the early days because I, I was listening to that stuff. I was young. I listened to Pete Rock, Seal Smooth. Uh, <laughs> I was into a lot of underground stuff, too, Lords of the Underground. And it was weird because, for sure, you know, hip-hop's birth was on the East Coast. So I listened. I, I heard of Sugar Hill Gang, and I was kind of familiar with that stuff, but more of, like, the LL Cool J's and that stuff was what kind of got me into it. EPMDs, and I was like, this, this is cool. It's kind of gritty or whatever. Then the West Coast popped off, and it was like Dre and Snoop, or not Snoop back then, but it was like Dre, NWA, and those guys. And then I started like listening to a lot of more underground stuff, too. Like I said, I used to go to the tape store, the record store every weekend, so I would just dig through the crates and try to find stuff, you know what I mean? So it was just basically whatever I could get my hands on at the time, you know what I mean? And as long as it was good music, I was probably playing it. <laughs> All right. Um... What would, uh, who's an artist that people may be surprised that you listen to or that you check for? An artist? Yeah. I mean, I listen to, I listen to a lot of rock and roll and, and fucking like heavy metal too. That part, I know that surprises people. I'm, I can handle doing country every once in a while too, man. You know what I'm saying? I, I can listen to a little bit of everything. I'm not super fond of the country music, but That's there's, a, there's a time and place for everything. Right. For sure. Okay. Um, okay, so what are your thoughts on uh, apathy? The apathy? Yeah. From, uh, David Giles? I think he's dope. I think he's dope. Uh, 
I know he's like into the the Freemasonry and stuff like that, and uh, the Shriners or something like that. But I know a guy. I, I know a guy that's a Shriner, and he was actually talking to me about gra- getting him up here a long time ago. And I reached out to him. And he seemed like he was interested, but I, I don't know what happened. It was with a, a business owner, and it kind of just fell through, and he didn't come through on his end, so we didn't bring it. I have no idea why that popped in my head, but I really liked his uh, his uh, last few records. I, um, I haven't really checked out his last few records, but I. I catch him online all the time doing like live streams because yeah. I, I follow him on, uh, on social media and yeah. shit. So I watch him doing that shit all the time. He'll be busting freestyles and like kind of releasing new music over his yeah. live podcast and shit. And yeah, he's he's got some hot shit. If you get the opportunity to sit down and listen to his record, uh, The Widow's Son, it's got some some really good production. <coughs> and uh, that that, rack, uh, that record, it was weird. The, the, the Mason stuff was, was I was kind of taken aback by it. nothing nothing here or there one way or the other um, I, it's just that I've never heard a lot of rappers speak from that perspective about right. masonry yeah, right. and so it was kind of for me it was kind of like wow I was kind of I was taken back by that as well but he, he kind of, it's weird he kind of addresses that as well mm-hmm. on on the widow's son about clarifying some of his masonic beliefs right right yeah but the whole album is really really good you have an opportunity and you're just bored as shit one day I highly recommend that um and uh, I'm still, like I'm a demigods fan. Like yeah. I, um, I love self-titled. Self-titled is one of my uh, one of my favorite rap. He's like one of the wittiest fuckers yeah, ever. Yeah, man, they got a bad click, man. <laughs> uh, the whole army of the pharaohs, mm-hmm. Jedi mind trick. Um, so what uh, what artists do you look forward to, or the possibility of bringing up to Alaska? Oh man. Uh... Actually, I think a better question. Let's let's go back. Like, okay. how did you get into promotions? Um, I got into promotions because, like, lack of the shows in my city. You know, I know Anchorage was doing some hip hop stuff and they were putting on shows and stuff. Uh, but back when I really started in like 2006, 2007, <coughs> hip hop was very few and far between in, in Fairbanks. Uh, a girl that owned a, a hairstyling place in Fairbanks linked up with me because she was bringing up Sean Paul and the Youngbloods. And she was like, hey, I got this guy coming up. You work at the radio. You own the recording studio. Do you think you could help me promote this, this show a little bit? I said, sure, man. Bring over some tickets. I'll tell people about it. I'll go around, post up flyers. We'll get you a little uh, radio ad run or whatever on the radio and stuff. And we did all that. We threw the party. It went good, and I was like, man, that was, you know, that was pretty fun, you know what I'm saying? We did like a riverboat ride, we didn't even do like a concert, it was weird, it wasn't even like a concert, we did like a riverboat ride where everybody's gambling, fucking every dope dealer in town's on the boat, just fucking rolling dice, <laughs> but I was just like, this shit's crazy, he's chilling, and I got some crazy stories from that shit too, I ain't even get into it, but dope, it was a dope little like experience, and I was kind of like, okay, that was, that was fun, and I, and I, I, you know, I knew I had a passion for it, then she brought up, uh, she brought up, Rick Ross, actually. She brought Rick Ross up um, when he just dropped his very first album. Okay, so Port of Miami, that's around 2006. Port of Miami, yeah, 2006. So like I said, I started Permafrost Promotions in 2007. So we did Rick Ross, and that shit was fucking mind-blowing, you know? So we did it here in Anchorage. I, I opened up Bull Show, because that was actually the first time I'd ever opened up for a big artist, too, was, was Rick Ross. Um did those two shows. It was just super fun. I did the same thing. You know, I helped her sell tickets. We uh, 
We did an after party. The motherfuckers came to my studio, smoked fucking blunts, the Rick Ross and shit. It was fucking crazy, man. So I was just like, yeah, I like this. This is fun. I think I want to do this. You know what I mean? So then we did one more together. We, uh, I helped her out promoting another one. It was a little scrappy. And then after that, I was, we were just sitting in the studio one day, and my buddy uh, Bishop Slice came up to me. He was like, yeah, you, know, you, you ever listen to Tech Nine? I was like, yeah, man, I, you know, I've heard of him before, but I hadn't really listened to him real hard back then. He'd just dropped Ever Ready. He's like, man, check out this album. You should try to get him up here. And I was like, hmm. Started looking at the contact info on the album. Typed it up. Got some numbers. Hit him up. Was like, what's up, man? Y'all want to come to Alaska? They are like, fuck yeah. We ain't never been in Alaska. Let's go. I was like, what do we got to do? Negotiated a two show a two show run, uh, and doing the verse with him at the same time. Come up to Alaska right after dividends, right before Halloween. My first fucking show I'd ever thrown. We pull up to the uh, we pull up to the fucking the venue, which it used to be like uh, what it was like. It was a club. It's a club in Anchorage. At 4:20, it was the, it was the weed club for a minute there. You know which one I'm talking about, the one that you can smoke at for a while. Uh, in uh, Anchorage. In Anchorage, yeah. Uh, yeah, so pot, uh, for, hot, uh, luck. Hot, luck. hot luck, yeah. yeah. So before that, it was just a different club out there, or whatever. We pulled up down the block, man, and there was like literally a fucking line of people at the door, wrapped almost like a block and a half down, and I was just like, "What the fuck? This is crazy!" Sold out. Place, Club Millennium or whatever it was called, sold out. Come to Fairbanks, fucking same thing. Line all the way down. I was just like, what in the shit? I've never even seen a concert do this in fucking Fairbanks. Sold out show there. And I was just out hooked, man. You know, I, I did real well, and the shows did real well. And I was just like, yo. I'm going to be a millionaire in 10 years. And then my next shows were like, burr, 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 burr. oh, that sucked. I lost 2000 Oh, damn, I didn't even break even on the day. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's an up and down thing when you promote. So it was lessons learned, hard, hard and good. But that's kind of what turned me on to it was the, the young lady I was working with. And then as soon as I brought Tech up, man, I was like, I just, I got to do this. So I did him, and then we did Dead of the Dude right after we did him. And then we did E-40, which is like one of my, like, lifelong fucking you know what I'm saying I was just like if I could when I was a kid I was just like even if I could ever see a show with him and then I did multiple shows and done music with him <laughs> it's fucking crazy you know what I mean it's brought me a lot of places in my career that I never you know would have imagined that I'd be doing and seeing and talking to the people that I've talked to and so it's, it's been it's been a real blessing man. it's really cool um, if you can look back uh, in the last 10 years, uh, 11 years that you've been doing uh, permafrost promotions. Mm -hmm. Can you uh, point to a specific artist uh, or a specific event that you're uh, the most proud of? Not necessarily that, you know, this was my favorite artist or this was mm -hmm. the one that turned out the most, but like the one that was like the greatest payoff when the work was done. Um, I, man, I, I thoroughly have got to say, you know, I, I just can't even bullshit. Even though I said his name before, I'm going to say it again. Tech nine, man. That fucking guy and his camp are phenomenal to work with. They're they're 
straight about the business. There's no bullshit. Every time I've ever brought him up here, it's a fucking party. Them dudes are fucked. They bend over backwards for their fans. It's it's like shit you've never seen before, man. So I, I love that in them and their camp. That's why I continue to work with them so closely, too. I mean, I fucking... I brought almost everybody on the roster from Strange Music to Alaska. I'm the only guy that's brought anybody from Strange Music to Alaska, except for Showdown Productions brought Ritz the first time, and then I did the show in Fairbanks. Then I brought Ritz back the second time for the run with Stevie Stone. So... I mean, I just love their camp, man. They're, they're phenomenal to work with. The shows are always just fucking above and beyond the protocol of what you see anywhere else. Uh, another, I'm not going to bullshit, Red and Method Man were really, really, f- the show in, like, the party was just like, wow. That was fucking awesome. Hard guys to work with, but the show was fun. The show was really fun. Yeah, really good show. Sharp, you all right over there? DJ, DJ Sharp, he's, oh, he's still laughing. Is it, are these still giggles like hour plus later? No, no, it was a message. It just got, and it shit was funny. Uh, it legit, well, whoever sent that message legitimately it was laugh out loud funny. Yeah. yeah. LOL. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, one's, no one's on the floor yet, but, no, but no, we're no. laughing out loud. We're getting close. Oh, yeah. man, that's uh, funny. <laughs> All right. So when it comes to promoting, like, what is the first thing that, that you do? I mean, you think about, like, um, like what kind of groundwork do you lay? Uh, I just, I mean, it really depends on the situation, man. I mean, most of the time I just like to, I just like to, you know, research what I think is going to do well in the area. You yeah. know what I mean? First, you got to kind of know your demographic. You got to kind of know what works where you're at. Because, I mean, what works... In Anchorage doesn't mean it's going to work in Fairbanks. What works in Fairbanks might not do so well in Anchorage. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's really weird like that. I mean, even last year when I did my birthday bash, we did Ying Ying Twins. It was one of those ones that just kind of fell in my lap. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to go research and I'm going to, I'm going to get the Ying Ying Twins. My buddy from Anchorage was like, hey, man, I got Ying Ying Twins coming. You want to get them? And I was like, I don't know, man. What the fuck? What's the date? Oh, August 5th. And I was like, ah, dude, that's like in three weeks, man. That's not even like, I like to have like at least a month out to like properly promote and saturate the market with marketing and let them know what the hell's going on. And I still do old school shit, grassroots style. I do the flyers. I do the radio station. I do a lot of internet marketing and stuff, but that one fell in my lap and it, it did really well in Fairbanks. Like I did a sell out, I sold out my show. Anchorage, which you would think it's the bigger market. There's way more fucking people there to draw from, you know, just in theory, you're going to get more people at your show off top. You like, I almost gauge shows like in that aspect, whatever Anchorage is going to get, we're getting half. You know what I'm saying? Because it's, it's kind of like that. But not always. <laughs> My show sold out. That dude had like 75 people at his show. And I was like, what the f- Did you not promote it or something? He's like, nah, man. Like, he had radio ads. They're doing giveaways. They're, everything that I did, just the same. It just, it just didn't work in that market. It just didn't work for the time frame. There might have been something else going. That's another thing about Alaska, man. There... Anything can happen in your town or your city and it can just wipe your shit out if there's something going on that's more, you know, prevalent to the people that they normally do or they're used to doing. And, you know, you just try to throw a show all of a sudden they're like, 
what? Oh, dude, there's the Midnight Sun Run this weekend. We're not going to a show. We're going and running in the Midnight Sun Run because that's what we do every year. And you'll be like, oh, fuck. It's Arctic Man. Where the fuck's everybody at? In the mountains, motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's real shit. In Alaska. That shit fuck you up. It's Ferrande. What the fuck is Ferrande? Exactly. You don't know shit about it. That's why your ass is making no money. Because <laughs> everybody's in Anchorage right now, motherfucker. <laughs> you know? So it's just like those little things like that you got to be really careful with. And, you know what I'm saying? Just, I don't know. It's hard up here because <coughs> artists are used to getting, you know, certain pays. Yeah. No matter where they're at. Being up here, we have added expenses that they normally don't have to tax other promoters with. Yeah. Like down in the States, they're already moving and grooving and making their way through places. They're on their buses. They're in their vans. They're whatever the fuck they're doing. They'll just, hey, we're going to be in your market. Would you like to throw a show? Sure. Let me give you X amount of dollars. Okay. Well, that's that's that. Then. You know, that's that's what you're paying for. Plus, you know, your whatever venue, your sound, whatever else. Here, we have travel costs and that fucking travel cost it, it really it hurts them some, it hurts sometimes you know what I mean if they want to come cause it's like I'm coming to Alaska so it's me and my DJ and my manager and my sound guy and this other guy and my cousin and my brother's baby mama uncle and you're just like why the fuck do you have eight dudes with you and there's like two of you rapping or like one of you rapping and a DJ you know but they got six guys in their entourage I'm like I can't do that no more. I was trying to tell them, I'm like, now, nah, man, I'll provide security up here. You don't need to bring, you know, two guys for security, maybe one, you know, depending on the stature of the artist. I'm not going to tell them they can't bring security. This is like, yeah, whatever, motherfucker, I'm bringing yeah. security. But I don't know. I just, I try to simplify it more. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, do you really need to bring five guys? Can you, can you get away with doing three? Who are you bringing, actually? Well, it was going to be the road manager, it's going to be the artist, the DJ, and then security. And I'm like, is the road manager really coming? Does he really need to come? I mean, because, I mean, if he's with security and got the DJ and him, I think we can make this shit happen. <laughs> you know, like, uh, I'll set up with the, you know, because it's weird though. They don't like the artists sometimes dealing with the promoters and getting money and all that shit because the shit can get weird. And I understand that, but. I'm a straight up dude and I always do straight up business. So I don't ever feel like there's going to yeah. be that kind of a confrontation or conflict, but I understand where they are like, no, we got to have this person in the buffer zone to kind of keep you in between the artists. If they're, you know, with the, with the dealings kind of, yeah. they don't want the artist to be the bad guy. I'm like, I can understand that. Makes sense. All right. Um, well, hey, we gotta. I gotta wrap this up. Fight's getting ready to start. All right, on, man. Um, you, you guys are more than welcome to come to the house, uh, to watch fight in my place. But um, you just give me the address. I think we're gonna head over to the thing, chill out for a second. You might slide back over by there, though. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time.